Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Turn into your Bibles, look on your device, stand on your feet. We're going to read, to God, read God's Word, then I'll stay standing. And I'll work, okay? I want you to turn in your Bibles or your devices to the book of Colossians the third chapter. Someone say Colossians. Third chapter. Start at the 15th verse. For the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and start reading. It says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Somebody, somebody say, let it rule. You got a choice in the matter. Let the peace of Jesus Christ rule in your hearts. For which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Somebody say, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Haven't we done that today? With thankfulness in our hearts to God. And this is what I want to draw in to. Whatever you do in word, or indeed to everything in the name of Lord Jesus. I'm going to say that again. And whatever you do in a word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Can somebody put your hands together for the word of God? Amen. Look, this, this, is, this, is a, this is part of a letter that Paul is writing to, to the church of, of, of Colossians. And he's, te- he's telling them, I want y'all to support each other. Y'all are all y'all got. So y'all understand, modern day church is not like, like, like church back then. They, they decided to get together and say, look, we're going we're gonna to follow this man named Jesus who we've never met. And you got to understand, it was them against the world. You see what I'm saying? It was them against the world. It's not like, you know, I go to go to such and such church. I go to such. This was the only church in this city. And these people were outcasts. They were ostracized. And so he's telling them, I know that the world is against you, but the more that the world comes against you, I need you to dwell on each other. I need you to encourage each other. I need you to admonish each other. I need you to sing spiritual, spiritual songs and hymns to encourage each other in the faith. And when you leave your gathering, everything that you do, I need you to do it in the name of Jesus. What he was telling them, I need you to do things with purpose. He said, I know you you, you could do it in other people's name. You could do it on your last name. You could do it repping your city. You could do it for many other reasons. But out of all the reasons you could do what you do, I need you to focus your purpose of everything you do, everything you say, every interaction you have. You should do it in the name of Jesus. What I'm saying is, 
we need to do things on purpose. Somebody say on purpose. You may be seated. How many of you remember when you were growing up or you got children now and all of a sudden you minding your own business, mama washing dishes, and all of a sudden you hear somebody screaming out, ah, what is going on? And the, and the one who did it, uh, 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 you know, I, 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 uh, I, 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 I did it by accident. It, 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 you know, I, I was just playing with it and my elbow hit him. And then the other one say, uh-uh, you did that on purpose. Meaning you meant to do that. Meaning that you, you, you had an intention. You did it expecting an outcome. You did it to hurt me on purpose. Somebody say on purpose. So many times we are living day to day, week to week, month to month, and year to year, but we are not doing it in two ways. We're not doing what we do in Jesus' name, and we're not doing it with any particular kind of purpose. We've been in a series all, all the month of January talking about pursuit of purpose. And yes, God does have a purpose for us. He shaped us in our mother's womb. He knows the plans that he has for us. All things work together for the good and who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. But his purpose will do you no good if you don't act with your purpose. Somebody say, do it on purpose. The title of my message today is, I meant to do that. Hunt somebody tell them, I meant to do that. This wasn't an accident. I meant to do that. And I want you to know that we are a God that does not do anything, that does not do anything by spasm. He does, does not do anything by happenstance. Everything about you, God meant for you to be like that way. The talents that you have, God said, I meant to do that. The storms that you will go through, God said, I meant to do that. If we believe that all things work together, then we have to believe that God meant and God knew what was going to happen. And even though, even if he didn't cause it, God allowed it. Tell somebody, God meant to do that. Those ways you got, the, the certain leanings and the talents that you have, that, that's not by accident. God said, the word of God said he gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The very thing, the, the reason that you have a leaning towards this and not to do that. That's not, by that's not by happenstance. God said, I meant to do that. That desire that you have to start that business or to start that foundation, that just wasn't you ate some greens at night and had a dream. God put that seed in you, and God meant to do that. And if God meant to do that, that means he means for it to come out of you. Because the world needs what's inside of you. And so if we serve a God, if we follow a God, if we're children of a God of purpose, that means what's in the Father should be in the children. How are we going to have a Father and a God that is full of purpose and we his children, which are his representatives, his legacy in the earth, and we don't act, move, think, and speak on purpose? The problem is, people of God, that when we get defined in purpose, those of us that don't like accountability, those of us that wanna, that, that don't have discipline, those of us that want to do things our own way and, and, and beat our own path, it's restrictive to us. And we, would, we, and we would rather say, God, I want you to blow a wind and tell me where to go. I want you to send a prophet to tell me what I, wanna, what I need to do because, but because for me to accept my purpose means I have to flow in purpose, means that I can't do everything. 
You have to understand that we live in a society today where you can, you can go to a coffee shop and no hundred people are going to get in it the same way. I can get it with a couple pumps of peppermint. I can, give it, I can get it with some caramel. I can get it with this. I can get it with that. I can get it with soy milk. I can get it with real milk. I can get it with sprinkles. I can get it with... The, 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 the mode of this society is give me choices. Give me choices. I don't want to be restricted, but I'm telling you, you cannot live your spiritual life. You cannot reach your divine de destiny trying to have a plethora of choices. The Word of God said that we have to choose this day. By virtue of us making a choice, we are excluding something. See, sometimes it can make so much sense, it'll go over your head. But I'm telling you, you say, God, if this is my purpose, if I choose, Lord, this is my purpose, I am saying to the rest of the world that this is not my purpose. Almost 19 years ago, when I took that woman to be my wife, I told every other woman in the world, you can't be my wife. I made a choice. And choices have obligations. Choices have consequences. Choices have accountability. It's going to get better. But what God is saying is, if you're going to choose to walk in purpose, you are choosing to walk away from some, from some, some mediocrity. You are choosing to walk away to do things like everybody else doing because you are chosen. You are set apart. The holiness not just, just doesn't mean strange. It means that I, I live, I move, I act, I talk, I think differently. And so God is saying, if I'm a God, if I'm a God who meant to do that, I need your actions, what you say, what you do, how you think. I need you to be able to say, I meant to do that. Amen. See, many of us don't know what our where our destination is. When we get to Canaan, it's going to be a surprise to us. But as for me, I know on the map of life where my Canaan place is, and when I arrive there, it will not be a surprise. Because I'm moving with purpose. Every day I'm waking up to fulfill purpose. Every interaction I have with everybody, it is filled with purpose. There is no waste in the kingdom of God. And what I'm told, I want to shake you by your collars today is we have to stop waking up every day like a leaf. Lord, where, where, you, where you gonna blow me today? We can't have submission to God without being aware of what our mission is. That's what the word means. I'm under a mission. I'm under orders. I am under a plan. If we even say, oh God, God, you, you meant that for me. Well, God, I also, God also meant for us to walk out some things, for us to be some places, to do some things. And I'm telling you, when you get, uh, when, when you accept and when you get comfortable with what your purpose is, a lot of people in this room, your frustration will cease. Because the reason you frustrated is because you don't, because you, 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 a, 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 a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But when you get singularly focused, when you get singularly minded that God, this is what I'm called to do and anything that looks, anything looks contrary to that, it's not for me. He's not for me. The job's not for me. The door is not for me. See, you have to understand because every door that's open is the door that God opened. That's the reason we have to discern. And, 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 and discernment isn't always, oh, it's spooky and, and, and eyes rolling in the back of your head and speaking in tongues all night. Sometimes I am checking the opportunity against what I know my purpose is. 
And even though it's good, it's shiny, it's appealing, it smells good, it looks good, it, 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 it's, it, 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 the grass looks green over there, does this, does this align with my purpose? And the sooner we know that, the less we can get driven astray. Is this blessing anybody so far? Somebody say on purpose. Listen, purpose isn't reached by chance. It is a result of deliberate choices and purpose considered responses. I'm going to say that again. Purpose is not reached by chance. It is a result of deliberate. Somebody say deliberate. Deliberate choices and purpose considered responses. Let me break that down just for a second. Deliberate choices. That means that I thought about it, I premeditated about it, and I did it with a boldness. Somebody say deliberate choices. Some people in this room are at forks in the road, and God is saying, you know the answer, you just need to make a deliberate choice. The thing about it is we don't like, we don't like, ooh, I know some people are gonna be mad if I made that choice. I know I'm going to upset some people who are depending on me if I make that choice. I'm going to look crazy if I did that. See, it's very simple. What we do, we add emotion, we add fear, we, we contemplate things, and then it clouds up our decision making. But if we boil things to the barest essence, you know what God is saying. Like sometimes I tell my wife, she said, she'll, she'll try something on. Like, you think this is such and such? I said, now you know if you had to ask me, you know what the answer is. And we got to ask God, we know what the answer is. Am I telling the truth? Or maybe it's just me. We want God to say something different. We want God to say, well, God, what about now? What about now? Some time has passed. What about now? God said, no, my word is settled forever and ever in heaven. And what I want you to know, people of God, the quicker you get comfortable with what your purpose is, your frustration level will go way down. Because you, you won't find yourself in situations that is contrary to your purpose. Amen? That's okay, baby. I agree with the word, too. So I'm going to look over three things. Somebody say three things. The first thing God wants us to do, he wants us to think on purpose. Somebody say think. Let me tell you, your mind is the most powerful thing in your whole body, your whole aura. Some people say the tongue is. Wait a minute, the tongue can't do nothing without the mind first. Romans 12 and 2 says this. I'm going to read it in two versions. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what, y'all? The renewing of your mind. That says that transformation in your life only comes through your mind. That you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Now, the New Living Translation says this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And when you got, let God do that, then you will learn God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. All my note takers, I want you to write this down. Anything you want to change in your life has to change in your mind first. 
I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's losing weight. I don't care if it's starting a business. I don't care if it's like, you know what? I'm going to be more disciplined and I'm going to start writing down in my journal. You have to come. Anything's going to happen. It's just like babies born. Babies are born head first. But the thing about it is, there sometimes a baby is born breech, and that's a danger to the baby. Y'all see the parallel right here? If a baby is born breech, they do everything they can to turn the baby around because the cord can get trapped around the baby and choke the baby. And so that, that's a lot of times we want to live feet first, but God is saying you need to live head first. That if you're going to stop smoking weed, you're going you're gonna to you're gonna have to do it in your mind first. We're trying to do things with our feet and our hands that we haven't made up in our mind yet that we're going to do it. How many of y'all know when you get sick and tired of getting sick and tired, you will change your ways. You will change your methods. You will change your habits. When A lot of us, it takes the doctor saying, if you don't stop, you're going to end up on dialysis. If you don't stop doing this, you're going to be here. And then we get scared. And then we're ready to change. When the fact of the matter is we got the power, God says you can be transformed by the way you think. We don't think on purpose. We can't help what comes to our minds, but we can't help what we dwell on. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 10, the chapter, uh, 10th chapter and the 5th verse. Here's what we have to do. Somebody say, you got to manage your mind. you got to manage it on purpose. Before I start thinking with it, i got to manage it. Because let me tell you something. We can't help what comes to us, but we can't help what we entertain. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says this. It says, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of the word of God. And then this, bring everything into, cap into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Somebody, somebody say, uh, say, say, bring it into captivity. God is not going to come and run a virus program over your mind. Y'all know, you know, you, you, you find virus and Trojans and it'll clean it out. Anybody ever done that with your computer? It says, you know, you've got viruses, you got some Trojans, and you, if you download this program, it'll come in, it'll find them, it'll quarantine them, and it'll wipe it off of your computer. God's not going to do that. He's saying in his word right here, you, once you realize something is against God's will, you have to cast it down. Brother Wax, come up here for a second. Just walk, just walk around me. Just keep walking around me. This, this is an ungodly thought. It don't have to be about some woman or something. This is just a thought that just keep, anybody have a thought that just keep bouncing around in your mind? What God said, you need to bring that thought. I ain't going to hurt you. I can't hurt you. He said, bring that thought into captivity. He says to shackle that thought. And, in, and I need you to cast it down and cast it out. What we don't, we try to act like, I ain't thinking about that. I ain't thinking about that. And what it's doing, it, it is playing in our minds. It's growing. It's growing the roots. And you know when something is contrary to the word of God. God said, it's not going to go away by denying it. See, we think, 
Lord, I must be unholy if I thought that. We can't help what the devil brings to us, but we have to acknowledge that's a thought that I had, and it is against the will and the word of God. And so I'm going to take it to captivity. I'm going to shackle it up, and I'm going to throw it away because it is against God's will, and it's against my purpose. But what we do, we play around with it. Hmm, I wonder. Hmm. And we go through the scenarios, and the, and the roots are growing deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's the thing, that seed of that thought has worked its way to our heart. And then it works its way to our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then whatever we say, we will have. And that's the, you know, something that started as a rogue thought in our mind. We have spoken to, and it has now become in our reality, all because we didn't manage it in our minds. Is this helping anybody today? But you got to do that on purpose. Somebody say, do it on purpose. I want you to write this down. Show me an unmanaged mind. And I'll show you an unfruitful life. Show me an unmanaged mind. The people, they can't, they can't stay concentrated on, some, on nothing. They, they start this and they run that thing. The, the first butterfly that fly away, they over there chasing the butterfly. They can't concentrate on anything. You show me a mind that can't be managed, I will show you a life that is unfruitful. See, everybody that's unfruitful and is living an unfruitful life is not, is not, is not, is, is not devoid of, of talent, uh, gifts, talent. I mean, I mean it's, some, of the most, uh, but some, some of your most uh, uh, talented people never reach the pinnacle of the gift that God put in them all because they can't manage their minds. Multi-million dollar athletes have all the money for a hundred thousand lifetimes and they'll lose it not because they couldn't manage money they couldn't manage their mind people try to stay people try to stay true to their roots and and try to keep it real with people in the hood from your, your boys and your girls and God has blessed you to live on another level and you can't switch your mentality? Give it a couple years, you're going to be right back down there where you came from. And I'm not saying you're better than them. All I'm saying is when God elevates us, we also have to elevate our thinking. We also have to elevate. When God puts us in certain rooms, we got to learn the decorum. We got to learn when to speak. We got to learn when to keep our mouths closed. We got to learn what to say and what not to say and when to say it. The higher God takes us up, the more, the more accountability is for us to be purposeful with the opportunities that God has given us. And many of us, we think we're ready for elevation based on our talent. We think, we're, we, we, we think, we, we think we're, we're ready for elevation because we're so committed and that's all I can think on. But God said, have you elevated your thinking to hold the weight of what you're asking for? Because God said, I'll keep it for God said, I love you so much. How, how, how many of y'all would, 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 would let your child just run out of the street or would give them keys to a car? You wouldn't give them keys to a car because you know that they are not mentally ready for it. 
If we understand that about our children, we are holding up our own blessing because God knows your mind is not where your, your, your prayer life is. You have not prepared your mind to handle the greatness because you do know the, the greater you get, the more you get isolated from the pack, the more, the, the more haters you're going to get, the more money, the more problems you're going to have, the, 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 more, the more you rise up, the more you're going to be a, a rebuke to people who are not willing to pay the price. And you got to have your mind fixed like flint on this is my purpose. And, and, and when I fulfill purpose, I may, make, I may create some enemies. I may make people, I may make, uh, make, make people mad at me. I may create some people that's trying to derail my future but how bad do you want to fulfill purpose I hope I'm challenging you today number two somebody say number two number two after we think on purpose the next thing we have to do we have to speak on purpose somebody say speak on purpose listen this we got an example in Genesis look when the earth was created the Bible that says nothing about God put his hand and he shaped this God formed the world with his words. I want y'all to hear me real good. God formed the world with his words. If you look at Genesis, it said, God said, God said, God said, let there be heavens. God said, let there be waters. God said, let there be animals in the sea. God said, let there be. God said, the only thing he shaped and formed was man after his own image. But everything else in the Bible, God created with what, y'all? Come on, y'all, come on, come on, participate. God created the world with his what? He spoke with intentionality, he spoke with purpose, and he spoke with strategy, knowing that whatever he spoke would come into being. How many know that we are shaped in the, in the image and the likeness of God? We got our daddy's DNA in us. So my three children, sometimes they do stuff like, they do stuff like me and they mama, and we look at them, mm, there's some Jones right there. I said, mm-mm, that's some Cooper. There ain't no Jones. I ain't claiming that one. But when they do something great, oh, that's Jones. That's the Jones, that's the Jones side coming. But have you ever seen that your children, you haven't shown them that? You haven't taught them that? But they do stuff just like you do because you are in them. And they can't help but do some things just like you do. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? And what God is saying that if we are just like the Father, we too have the ability to create our world with our words. I want y'all to understand this. You can create, y'all know it, y'all know it. Tomorrow morning, some, some people, and I hope, I'm, I'm rebuking you ahead of time. Lord, it's Monday, got the blue Mondays. I guess I've gone into this job. If you start talking like that, you will have whatever you say. Because the universe is waiting for you to speak. And whatever you put out in the, in the world, in the atmosphere, you attract and you start building your world with your words. Consequently, if you start saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to be glad and rejoice. The devil, before you even get started, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. This will be a prosperous day. This will be a glorious day. I am expecting God to fulfill his promise. This could be the day that God fulfills everything he promised to me. Whatever you start speaking, then your mind starts expecting it. And he can do exceedingly abundant above all we could ask. Look, that's speaking or think. 
Y'all, y'all, y'all get the scripture? According to the power that works in us. Have you thought it on purpose and are you speaking it on purpose? So many times we're so loose with our lips. We're so loose with our lips. We're so quick to say something. We're so quick to respond. Well, God said you should be quick to hear. And you should be slow and you should be deliberate in your speaking. Why? Because death in life relies and it rests on the power of this little pink thing in your mouth. If you realize how much you are creating and how much you are killing with your mouth, you will use your words less. There are almost 800,000 words in the Bible. And it's only recorded what God said only about a little over a thousand. Think about that, y'all. He created the whole world and all the people. And most of the Bible is written as other people talking, not God. Yet still, he's the greatest power ever known. Which means that you don't have to speak a lot to get a lot. Tell somebody, you don't have to speak a lot. Look at this. Words matter in substance, not in volume. A lot of times when we get uncomfortable, we think we can talk our way out of something. God says, slow yourself down before you respond. Slow yourself. Is this helping anybody? Because some people in here, y'all quick to get your neck rolling, and you quick to let people know where they, what, what bus they can ride and what, what off-ramp they can get off of. But God said, if you will slow yourself down, some of us are derailing our future with our mouths. And you do it by asking it, but God said, I've given you the most creative tool in the whole universe, but you are not using it with purpose. Is this helping anybody in this place today? Somebody say, I'm going to talk on purpose. First Peter 3 and 10 says this. For whoever desires to love life and seek good days, look at this, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. I'm going to say this again. Whoever desires to love life, anybody love life? And who, who desires to see good days? Anybody want to say see good days? Come on, let me see your hand. I don't, if, you want, if you want to see bad days, we're going to pray for you right now. Anybody love life? Anybody want to see good days? Well, if you, want, if you love life and you want to see good days, it's not what you do, it's what you don't do. You have to keep your tongue from evil. And keep your lips from speaking deceit. Now you say, well, Pastor Tony, I don't go out deceiving people and trying to trick people, but sometimes we are repeating, we are parroting evil and deceitful words. Let me, t- let me give you an example. Lord, that boy ain't gonna never be nothing, just like his old sorry daddy. You are repeating evil reports and deceitful language. Lord, my back killing me. You are repeating evil and deceitful language. Lord, it seems like like I can't win for losing. You are repeating. Anybody guilty of saying some of those things? I said a couple so you don't tell on yourself. But see, we, we have become so accustomed just to shooting off at the mouth. And the devil said, you know what? I wasn't even thinking or thinking about that. I wasn't even thinking about doing that to you until you said it. Good, good, good a gum drop. See, we, 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 we blame too much on the devil. 
A lot of times we are giving the devil legal right to get involved in our affairs of our life all because we are running these lips. We are reckless with a weapon. God said you can speak death to that crack house. You can speak death to that addiction in your family member. And you are doing the opposite. And you are using a blunt um, weapon of mass destruction. You are using it to tear the kingdom of God down and what God wants. And you are building up the devil's kingdom all because you are careless with your weapon. Oh, God. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to stop beating up on you. Proverbs 21 and 23 says this. It says, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Somebody say, guard your mouth and your tongue. I bet Gail King wish she had guarded her mouth and her tongue. Am I telling the truth? She got a storm came her way. I mean, she wish she had held that question for another time. You see what I mean? It don't take, it don't take much, y'all. You say one moment of frustration, one moment where you are in your emotions, one moment where you are not thinking about your purpose can derail everything. I told y'all, you know, my, uh, my house we just moved from, it took them months to build. And it got torn down in a day. You can build your whole life and one bad decision, one misspoken word can tear it all down. And the devil would like nothing better than to point to God and say, see, I told you they wasn't nothing. I told you you couldn't trust them. But tell somebody, that's not going to be me. Amen. The last thing I want to share with you, anybody getting anything out of this today? The last thing I want to share with you, now that we think on purpose and we speak on purpose, the last thing we want to do is to relate on purpose. Somebody say relate. How we interact with people. I'm going to give you an example. Jesus loved all of his disciples equally. But it was only three that he had his most intimate moments with. Peter, James, and John. He took them up to the Mount of Transfiguration and they saw Jesus. He was translucent. They saw the patriarchs. They saw Moses. They saw Elijah. And, and, but if Jesus, if Jesus, you would say, well, he must have loved them more than he didn't. No, he loved them equally, but he only gave certain number of them access to him that other people didn't have. Can I free you in this place? This is for my good Christian folk. We got some good Christian folk in here. Somebody say, somebody say, that's me. Good Christian folk. You, if you're not careful, in order for you to continue to keep up your image and your banner of, of Mr. and Mrs. Christ-like follower, you will let other people control you. By saying that ain't how Christians supposed to act. Why are you treating him different than you treat me? Let, 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 me, let, let me free you from that bondage. 
everyone deserves love, equal love from you, but not equal access to you. I'm going to say that again. Everyone deserves love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the commandment, right? We're supposed to love everybody. Love everybody equally, but don't give everybody access to you. I love y'all like a fat kid love Kate. I love every last one of you. But y'all don't have the access to me that my wife does. Do y'all understand? And so many times we try to relate and be good Mr. Good Mr. Christian and good Miss Christian to everybody and we are laying ourselves on the line and we end up getting wounded, we end up getting hurt, we end up getting betrayed but all because we misapplied our relationship. We let people in certain boundaries that had, had nothing to be there. We told certain people business that have not earned that respect and haven't earned the trust to tell them our business to all because we needed somebody to talk to and all of a sudden now your business out in the street now you're looking crazy all because you misappropriated the access that people have to you am I saying am I saying be uh, be, be, be paranoid and what's your no 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 you go to, you, 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 you look at what, what what people are to you you look at the track record of people and you make a determination. You no longer have this access anymore. And let them know. You can tell them, you let them know in love. But I can't roll with you like that no more. Because it's derailing my purpose. Anybody know some people, every, every interaction you talk to them, man, it's just a bad time. I ain't gonna never, and you try to talk to them, encourage them, and they still gonna do what they wanna do after they finish talking. They just got free therapy from you. And now you weighted down, you can't sleep. You got, to, you got to take two melatonin pills to try to get to sleep. And they are snoring like a pig at the county fair. And God is saying, you got to manage that. I'm not going to shut their heart up and have them to stop calling you. Only you can stop that. The devil is doing enough without letting people who are bad for our psyche and our mentality and whoever they are, letting them wreck us. It is getting us off purpose, our Christian obligation. God didn't call you to be the landing mat and the dog catcher and the, and, and the EMS for everybody in your life. Everybody don't deserve the access to you. Access to me is earned. You can't just walk up to me and I don't know you and I don't know you like that and you want to know, hey, you know, what you going to be doing tonight and how did you do such and such and, well, no, 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 I don't know you like that, bro. Hold on. Pop the brakes on that. But many of us want to be light so bad. We want to be accepted so bad that we are willing to be accepted to vipers who don't mean us any good. And you surprised. Ooh, that snake bit me. It's a snake. That's what snakes do. They bite people. But we want to be accepted so bad. God said you need to relate to people on purpose. And let me free somebody a whole nother level. If we got the same last name, but you are, you are toxic to me, I will love you. 
but you don't have the same access to me that you used to have. I don't care if you got the same last name. I don't care if you changed my diaper. I don't if you are toxic to me, I got to get away from you. And many of us are hoping people change and we are exposing ourselves to getting hurt and wounded by people that don't care about changing. Toxic is toxic. I don't care if it's related to me or not. Oh God, y'all thinking today. But we gotta relate on purpose. David and Jonathan, they loved each other like brothers and they were not related. But David's own brothers were jealous of him. Y'all see how it can be? I'm not trying to turn you against your family. All I'm saying is the devil will use anybody who will let him. And if I were the devil, I wouldn't have a stranger try to hurt you. I would try to use the people that's got the closest access to you. Am I talking in this place? And so God is saying, not only do you have to think on purpose, you have to speak on purpose, but your relationships have to be purposeful. And many of us, we hold on to things that seasons have passed. And we wonder why it's hurting us is because the expiration date has passed. And if you drink milk that has spoiled, it will make you sick. If you eat some meat that has expired, it will make you sick. Oh, God. And some of us are relating and conversing back with people that the expiration date has passed. And you wonder why you're not getting anywhere in life. And you're wondering why you take one step forward and you take five steps back. God said, look at your relationships. And there could be some that have expired and you are keeping around and it, it is making you We're so scared. We're so Mr. Christian. And church people don't act like that. I ain't a church person. I am a child of God. And so my challenge to you is everybody is standing. I don't know if this helped anybody today. But if you're going to seize it, somebody say, I'm going to seize it this year. You can't seize it acting out the same things that you've been doing in 2019 and 2018. You have to do something different to get something different. And my challenge to you is think with some purpose. Think with some purpose. Somebody tell them, think with some purpose. Then after you think with purpose, then you need to start talking with some purpose. If you got a foundation in you, if you've got a business in you, you ought to, you ought to stand in front of a mirror and practice your one-minute elevator speech. For when God puts you in somebody great, you ain't got to be stumbling, oh, and ah, uh, 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 what I mean? I mean, hold on, give me one second, let me dry my mouth. No, you ought to say, the minute God opens the door, yes, my name is such and such, and I have this, uh, I have this uh, foundation, and God has called me to do that, and, and I believe that you are the person that's going to help me to do it. You got to think with some purpose. 
that God doesn't give you warning before he opens doors and so you got to be ready and when God opens a door you got to open your mouth and don't be stimmering and stampering and, and, and scratching your head and holding your head down no stand flat footed like the child of God that you are and say this is who I am this is my purpose and this is what God has called me to do and this is how you can help is this blessing anybody today and then lastly, relate on purpose. I got various people in my life. I got people, I believe if I got all the people that are in my orbit, in my, in my, in my, uh, in my world, I don't know if they would get along. Because I got people I can act silly with. I got people I can be intellectual with. You know, I got people I can be ultra deep and religious with. And I don't know if they, you know, because those are all the parts of me. But everybody that's in my orbit is in my orbit for a purpose. I got people that hold me accountable. I got people I, I, I can tell my frustrations to and they won't, they won't judge me. And so I want you to go home and I want you to assess, God, who are the people in my orbit? Take an audit. Take an audit of your relationships. And according to how you built me and where am I going, do these people fit in my orbit? They may have fit for a previous season, but do they fit for my current season? Is this helping anybody in this place? And the first thing that people are gonna say is, oh, you judging me. Well, I judge fruit. I don't judge, the, I don't judge the tree, but the tree is indicative of what kind of, the fruit is indicative of what kind of tree it is. So if you call that judging you, what, you know, I'm doing fruit inspection. And if the apples that come off the tree got worms in it, it is safe to conclude that the tree is no good. So I'm not judging. This can be your answer. Pastor Tony said, I'm not judging. I'm doing fruit inspection. And some of you need to look at the fruit of the people in your lives. And that will tell you all you need to know. That was a worth the whole trip over here. Inspect the fruit. And like, and like, like, like Maya Angelou said, when people show you who they are, believe them. Inspect the fruit. I can't hold an apple and say, you know what, that's a nice uh, strawberry bush. No, it's an apple. An apple came from an apple tree. This is helping anybody in this place. But God wants us to move, to think, and to relate with people with purpose. If Joseph had never forged a relationship with the baker and the butler, he never would have made it to the palace. If he was over in that cell, it ain't right. God and God and put favor on me and here I am in this jail cell. If he was in depression and soaking, he never would have let his gifting of dream interpretation flow. But he built a relationship with his cellmates and the relationship that he built was the catapult that got him to the palace. You are one fruitful relationship away from your palace. Do you hear me? God's gonna bless you beyond your wildest dreams on this year, but you gotta start assessing the purpose of everything attached to you. Can you put your hands together if you heard a word today? Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you. 
We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. We thank you, Lord, how you just sat us down and taught us today, Lord. Not a whole bunch of preaching, not a whole lot of rah-rah, God, but we thank you, Lord, that you taught us about purpose. You taught us, Lord, today about how we should think with purpose. We should think with a focus. We should think with an aim. And after we think, God, we should speak with a purpose and with, with fluidity and with, 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 with a defined focus of whatever we say we're going to have, God. So we thank you right now, Lord, to, that, that you shape the way that we think, Lord. You give us a discernment so that we can identify the thoughts that are contrary to our purpose and that are contrary to your word, God, so that we can cast those things down. We can bring every thought, every rogue thought into captivity. And not only that, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for giving us discipline over our mouths and over our tongue, God. Lord, forgive us for, forgive us for speaking damnation, Lord. Forgive us for speaking negativity, God. And we thank you, Lord, today, Lord, that we will be quick to hear from our own and we will be wise with our words because our words shape our future. And lastly, God, we thank you, Lord, for giving us discernment to do fruit inspection over every relationship that we have in our lives, God. We thank you, Lord, for giving us wonderful, fruitful, productive relationships, God. But if we are involved with relationships that have lived past their expiration date, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the holy boldness, God, to end relationships or, 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 or redefine relationships, God, that are not fruitful. God, give us a, a, a spirit of an interior designer, God. Let us put people and let us put relationships in their proper place, God. We thank you, Lord, that you show us, God, people that need to be in our inner circle just like you had Peter, James, and John, God. Lord, that you show us the people who we should mentor and you show us the people who are the people that we should pour into and you show us the people that we need to glean from, God. For Lord, everything is done according to your plan. You are a wise God. You are omniscient God. You know everything and you know every person that needs to come into our lives, God. So we thank you, Lord, for pulling the scales off of our eyes, God. Lord, that we can see who is for us and who is against us, God. You can see, you can show us, God, who we need, what things we need to speak towards, the things that we need to kill uh, with our words and the things that we need to speak life to, God. We thank you, Lord, that from this teaching today, God, we're going to apply the word today, God, and we're going to start seeing fruitfulness come in our lives, God, in the way that we think, in the way that we speak, and in the relationships that we have, God. We thank you, Lord, for sending people that we don't even know of yet to, to usher us to our next level and our next place in you. We thank you, Lord, that we've been hearers of this word today. We're about to leave as doers of this word, and we're going to walk, we're going to live, we're going to speak, we're going to think, and we're going to relate on purpose. God, we thank you for this word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, put your hands together if you heard a word today. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.